Today with Catherine Ruinala. As I was reading Zechariah 4 about shouts of grace, grace to the capstone, the capstone being the finishing stone, I'm reminded that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he who began a good work in you will carry it through to completion. You can start to declare, you God who began a good work in me, you God who planted those promises, you God who put those desires in my heart, you who have purposed it, you will also do it. Psalm 57 too, you who have purposed it, you will also do it. You will accomplish it, God, for it is not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. And As you make these declarations, as you go to war, you won't be one of those that would um, miss out through unbelief and doubt, but you would be those that would walk in faith and by faith inherit the promises because the promises are there for the taking for those who will believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome, friends. Listen to the, the voice of the Lord. And pick up those things that God's put in your heart, those dreams. Nothing is impossible for him. In fact, I believe the Lord would, would if, we, if you um, open your heart to hear him, he would challenge you to dream bigger, to not to think small, but to recognize that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ask, hope, or imagine. And it's time to redig and pick up those things that have been planted on the inside and begin to speak to the promises, begin to come into agreement and watch the supernatural acceleration of God as he will do it faster than you have expected. For some, there have been long-held dreams that have, that have been buried and forgotten. And that you're in your expectation, you've come to the place of, I don't know if that could ever happen or if it does, it'll be a long way off. And I believe the Lord is wanting to surprise you with the swiftness and the acceleration of how God's going to do it. Watch, even in this next six months, people are going to be amazed at what the Lord has done. And they will, they will say, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvellous in our eyes. Hallelujah. For he is faithful. Amen magnificent God. God is so faithful. Well, as I have been praying tonight, uh, today, I believe the Lord wanted to take us uh, where we've been talking for a little while, Isaiah 22, 22. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. You are faithful and true. And Lord, we ask that you give us ears to hear what you're saying eyes to see what you're doing. Help us to cooperate with you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Isaiah 22, 22. This verse here, then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. We've been talking about the key of David for a little while now. And as I'm still doing my slow walk through the Psalms. I'm in Psalm 119 at the moment. That, that was, that's a big, long Psalm. 
And it's got, it's got letters at the beginning of every eight verses. There's, there's, it's an acrostic poem with the Hebrew letters, which all have meanings. And I'm so enjoying discovering the treasures that God's got for me in his word. And I pray that this year you fall in love with the word of God, that you, that you go through the scriptures with the Holy Ghost, um, helping you, speaking to you, lighting your eyes up and your heart up as he... The entrance of his word brings light and understanding to the simple. Amen. But as I've been going through the Psalms, my heart has been increasingly stirred about this key of David. And the key of David, as far as I can see, praise the Lord, could be interpreted in so many different ways. It could be interpreted as Jesus. It could be, but I believe the Word of the Lord that he is speaking to my heart and to the hearts of us as a people. This key of David is referring to the love that David had for the Lord. That it was a key that opened doors that no one could shut. That closed doors that no man could open. It was the thing that moved the heart of the Father. Now David wasn't the most exemplary, perfect person. He wasn't the one that you'd go through scripture and go... That's the one who did everything right. Yet God says that he had the key of David. Jesus was, was, came in the line of David. And, and the heart and the favour that God had for David is extraordinary. Why? Well, as you look at it, as you discover it, as you study the life of David, as you hear his heart in the Psalms, you can see this love that David had for the Lord. Even when he messed up, he'd repent, he'd receive the mercy of God and he would love the Lord. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. The first greatest commandment is to love him and then the second is like it, to love your neighbour as yourself. And we can quote that, we can know that, but I believe the Lord is bringing the body of Christ into a place of maturity where we start to be very intentional in our mission and our life purpose, which is to love him as he deserves. The heart cry of God all the way through the word is love me, love me, love me. And he, he longs for us to love him, not out of obligation, not out of striving, but because we have discovered him. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to pour his love into our hearts so that our heart response is to love him and to give him our hearts. The Lord's looking for your heart. Hallelujah. And he longs for you to recognize that the pinnacle of success for a life is that you love him well that he would be loved, that your life would love him, that you would love him with all your heart, with all your time, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your passion, with all your strength, that you would love him, that everything you do, you do it as unto the Lord, as an act of love for him, that when you bless someone else, you do it as an act of love to him. For he says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. So we can do 
what you can serve your customers you can uh, love your family you can be kind to your family and in everything you do you can be loving god as you do it hallelujah and and he will take it personally which is so beautiful and as we move beyond a head knowledge of the heart desire of god to be loved I believe we're going to step into a realm of supernatural faith that will ask with a, with a supernatural confidence, a holy confidence that whatever we ask, we'll receive. I believe we're about to see some really shiny prayer warriors filled with hope who aren't begging and striving and, and stressing and fighting in their own strength, but recognizing that, wow, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Let the weak say I am strong. I just got to tell you, as I go through the Psalms, I've got a song for almost every Psalm. It's like my life, it's, I, I've got, from when I was a child, the scripture and song just keeps popping out. Oh, there it is. There's a song. There's a song. There's a song. There's a song. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it's a good thing. But as we recognize, oh, the Lord is wanting to be loved, he wants to give us power to love him well. So I'm on this study of how do I love him? How do we love him well? We shared about it, I shared about it last week, about blessing God. That when we bless, to bless is actually the word to kneel down and to give honor. So I'm intentionally, every day I get on my knees and I bless him, I honour him. As I wake up in the morning, my heart is turning toward him and saying, Lord, today I honour you. Because he takes honour and respect as a form of love. The Bible says, wives, respect your husbands. It also says to love them later on in the the scripture there. But uh, love and respect are, are synonymous in that This is a way that you can love your husband. And he is our heavenly husband. To respect him, to honour him is a way that I can love him. So knowing that, hooray, when I wake up, I have a way to bless him. God, I honour you. You are king of all the world. You are king of all the universe. You are my saviour. You are the redeemer. Your name is above every other name. God, you've come down to my level, Lord God. You humbled yourself as a man and you gave your life for me. So, Father, I honour you for that. I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And today I honour you with my life. Today I thank you, Lord God, that you have cleansed me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, that you've separated my sin as far as the east is from the west. And humbly, Lord, today I give you my life afresh. I thank you, Lord. I honour you. I bless you by giving you my life. I give you my thoughts. I give you my heart. I acknowledge I need you, but yet you will be my ever-present help in time of need. I thank you today. You are my God and I am your child. Thank you that you are with me. You'll never leave me or forsake me. And if you just took that opportunity every moment that you woke up, every day as you wake up, and you did that with sincerity of heart to honour him, to bless him, doing that every day would be better than spending an hour one day and nothing for four days. Taking just that moment to honour him and start your day by blessing him, honouring him, respecting him is a beautiful thing to do. So that's one of the ways we can love him. 
respect him and to love him. This is the key of David. And when we recognize it's the key of David, giving ourselves to the mission of loving God well is, is the key to life, the world, and everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We were looking in Hosea chapter 6, and Hosea 6, 6 says, For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And as I've shared before, that word loyalty in other versions could be translated mercy, uh, compassion, but they seem like quite different words, loyalty and mercy, Strange to translate them so differently. And yet what they are actually saying is that this is my heart, that you would be loyal to me. This is what I long for more than your sacrifice, more than what you can do for me. If you will give me your loyalty, if you'll give me your heart. For he says before here, your loyalty is like the morning cloud and like the dew which goes away early. (laughs) You feel his heart like... (laughs) Please love me. Just be loyal to me. Sometimes we think of God as up there needing nothing, you know, you know, give me love because I He is a father who longs for your heart. He has passion. He has emotion. He's the author of emotion. And it's pure and it's holy and it's fiery. And he longs for your loyalty. He longs for your love. Hallelujah. And if you will love him, you will, you will receive the key of David. You'll understand that oh, what he, he'll open doors that no man can shut. Hallelujah. But then as I, was, um, as I was looking through the scripture today and as I was praying, I just kept saying to the Lord, Lord, I just want to love you. I just want to love you. God, I want to love you. And his spirit is continually drawing me with a deep, deep heart desire. God, I want to love you. I want to love you well. We've had 20 plus years of receiving revelation of the Father's heart for us. And we need more of that. We need that unendingly. He wants to fill us to overflowing with all the fullness of God. He wants to continually give us revelation of the height and the depth and the width and the breadth. We'll never get over it or move past it because he continually wants to pour in more than you can physically, spiritually, or emotionally handle. But in receiving, God is bringing us to a place of maturity where he says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. This is where the key of David comes in because those who have been loved by him begin to rise up and return their love to him. Hallelujah. And as a result, a holy confidence comes in, a holy fire comes where we begin to pray and decree as ones who know they are loved and have, and have given themselves to loving him back and nothing will be impossible for these ones. Hallelujah. You can turn with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 15. And it's another 22 verse, interestingly. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Before I turned here um, this morning, I was singing the old Keith Green song. To obey is better than sacrifice. And you know, we've just read that 
I, I desire loyalty rather than sacrifice. I desire mercy rather than sacrifice. But he says here in verse 22, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Sometimes we hear a word like this and we go, oh, yeah, that's right, I have to obey. I know that. Everybody knows that. But I look at it and I think this is another opportunity to love God. I can love him by obeying him, by asking him, teach me your ways, show me your paths. It's my privilege, God. How can I obey you? I said something the other day. Um, I was with family and I said something that embarrassed Tom. Now, he didn't say anything about it until later that night. And when he told me, he never, ever normally gets upset about anything. And he didn't really get upset about this, but he just mentioned it because I asked him, I asked him, if ever I do something, make sure you mention it. I didn't even realise I'd done it. But when he mentioned it, my heart went, oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, that was dishonouring. I shouldn't have said that. That was not my intention, but I can see how that was dishonouring. Forgive me. But after that, I was like, yes, God, because my heart desire is that I would love you well. And by honouring my husband, I'm loving you well. By loving other people, I'm loving you well. So forgive me, Lord. And when we learn how to be quick and humble, when we recognise we've done the wrong thing and correct it, then we get excited because we're learning and we're growing how in, in our mission and our heart desire to love him well. God is looking for us to love each other well, to love one another, to minister to one another well and to obey his word, to listen to his voice. When the Holy Spirit prompts you and says, I don't like that, I don't feel comfortable, that's not good, that's not edifying, that's not holy, and you yield and you say, yes, Lord, and you, and you stop it. You're obeying God. You are loving God by obeying. When he reminds you of the scripture and you quickly repent or you quickly, yes, God, you hear his voice and you obey or you hear him prompt you to do something and you do what you see him prompting you to do, obedience is, is better than sacrifice and obedience always brings blessing. Hallelujah. When we obey, we, we see the blessing of God come. Hallelujah. And the faster you are moving in the spirit, the quicker your obedience needs to become. Because if you're traveling at a slow speed and you break a road rule, you're probably not going to kill anybody. If you're just in a car park and you, you don't indicate or something, you might uh, ding something, but you're not going to have a, a terrible accident. But if you're going 100 kilometres an hour on the freeway and you disobey a road rule, you could cause your own death and everybody else around you. And God is looking and his desire is that we would be accelerated but that we would also learn obedience so that we can be safe in the places of influence that he wants to bring us into. Hallelujah. And with the, with the gifts and the things that he wants to release. I believe we're about to see signs and wonders and miracles beyond what we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. And yet God is wanting to help us grow in our character, that we would become sweeter, more humble, more tender, quicker to repent, quicker to recognise, quick 
to learn. Hallelujah. As it's been prophesied, wisdom is being downloaded. Ask for wisdom and he's going to give you double portion of wisdom. Wisdom will teach you that to obey is better than sacrifice. Wisdom will teach you to walk in his ways. That walking in his ways is not... um, it's not going to take the fun out of life. It's actually going to bring you greater joy. Hallelujah. He is wise and wonderful. When I was young, I used to think, oh, you know, if I really surrender everything to the Lord, then I'll never be able to do anything fun. I'll, we'll just be, I'll just be praying all the time. But you know what? I discovered that God came to give us life and life more abundant. And he loves us to have fun. He likes to have us, likes us to have a joy-filled life. Hallelujah. That's pure and holy and delightful. And his ideas are better than our ideas. Hallelujah. And he knows how to give you joy better than you could figure out for yourself. It's the truth. I know. Our God is a great and wonderful Jesus. Amen. So to obey is better than sacrifice. To love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our souls and with all our minds. I believe the Lord is inviting us to begin to seek his face, to begin to seek with an expectation to find. God doesn't tease us and say, seek my face and then hide himself and not reveal himself. He does it because he wants you to know him. He wants you to see his smiling eyes looking at you and loving you back. Because as you seek to know him, as you seek to find him, as you take time to kneel down and give him honor, as you take time to open up the word and to love him by hearing his voice, God wants to speak to you. His sheep hear his voice. Hallelujah. Give me a wave if you're one of his sheep. You are, say, no, yes, but his sheep hear his voice and they're very good at following the voice of the shepherd. And God wants to speak to us and he wants to lead us. And the more we lean in, the more we'll hear. The more we look, the more we'll see. When Daniel went to look, as you read the book of Daniel, you'll see Daniel saying, I looked and I saw. And then he writes what he saw and then he says, I looked again and I saw. And I looked again and I saw. And he kept looking and God kept showing him to the end of the age. Stuff that was centuries and centuries and centuries away, right through to the very end of the age, God showed Daniel because he kept looking with an expectation to see. You see, the more you look, the more you intentionally spend time seeing him, the more he'll speak to you, the more he'll, you'll hear his voice. You can start by just opening up the word of God in the morning, opening up the word of God at nighttime. I was reading in, this, in Psalm 119 today, seven times I will praise you a day. And, and having, it's not a prescription, but it's a heart posture that I will continually turn my affection towards you. I'm going to continually look to you. I'm going to, as if, I'm, if I've got a moment, rather than scrolling through Facebook, I might open up the scripture and let him speak to me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to, I want to develop habits where I am continually turning my affection toward him, looking to him, feeding on what is pure and holy and of a good report. You see, we've been fed a lot this year. And, and with all the um, 
things that go on, we have a need to sort of be kept updated. People need to know what, what's going on, what's the rules, what's the latest thing. But in doing so, there's a hook and a trap that you get conditioned to spend all your spare time looking. But God wants us to spend our spare time looking, beholding, because what you look at is what will grow in your heart. If you're looking at that which is drama and 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 worldly, that's going to be in your heart. That's what you're going to be dreaming about. That's what you're going to be talking about. That's going to be the topic of all the conversation. And God wants to bring a shift where the topic of our conversation becomes, I read this this morning. I heard him speak this this morning. This is what happened in worship this week. This is what happened as I was spending time with him this morning. Oh, I felt the Lord say this. What do you think this means? Let's, have you seen this? And I believe God is bringing his people out from among them and redefining what it looks like to be a Christian. Hallelujah. Helping us recognize that our mission and our purpose in life is to love him to love him well, to honour him, to bless him, to bless others, hallelujah, to look after the poor, to care for people, to be compassionate, to be kind, not, um, not running ourselves ragged, trying to do stuff to please the Lord, but in all of our doing, recognising that it is worship to the Lord. And if I listen to him, he'll show me what he's doing. He'll invite me into what he's doing and I can cooperate with him knowing that his ways are wonderful. All his ways are just. Jesus didn't wake up in the mornings as he was on the earth and, and go, oh, there's too much to do. There's so many people that need me. I can't possibly get to them all. I'm so tired. I just want to go back to sleep. He didn't wake up and go, I feel burnt out. Oh, God, I don't want to face them. God, there's so many. I know I can't possibly get to them all. Oh, God. He didn't do that. Yet the need that every person on the planet had for him was so real that he knew and was content and had peace that if I just go to my father and I prioritize him, if I love him well, I let him strengthen me, fill me with his joy, with his peace, that I can see what he's doing today and just do what he's doing. I only do what I see my father doing. <laughs> 